you fill in the blank for me. Don't normally do something like this, but we'll we'll try it. I'll trust that you can ha- trust that you can handle it today. Say, I'm going to say women are. All right, and after I say women are, you're going to shout out a positive word. Okay, of uh, I know some of the younger ones in here, maybe you know in timeout or maybe in something like that may not have positive words. But think of those positive moments, okay? Can y'all think y'all can handle that? Some of you are like yes, some of you are like no, okay. All right. Women are. Okay? Women are. Some of y'all are slow today. You didn't. Just so y'all know, we do have coffee over here. In the, y'all can get that, all right? I'll, let's, let's try this again. Women are. Much better. Last time. Women are. Awesome. Hey, listen, we could keep doing this. The women are like, you could be here for months, Pastor. Saying good things. When God created man, he said, hey, that's pretty good. I think I can do better. That's what my wife tells me. I don't know. No, women are wonderful creatures that God created and for us as men, an understanding of the beauty of what he's created, not just inside but outside, and everything that means for us. And whenever we find that helpmate and what a helper means um, for us, is just a wonderful thing. Throughout history, ordinary women that you would say is just a wife, just a teacher, just a whatever, and in their minds they're thinking, I'm just doing what I do. Ordinary women throughout history have accomplished extraordinary things by just being mom, by just being wife. And so I want us this morning as we begin a series entitled Ordinary to look at one woman by the name of Deborah who was just being who God had called her to be. And because she was who God called her to be, she was able to move Israel into an extraordinary place from her being faithful and obedient. That's true for us, especially for women, for us just to be obedient in the things, the small things that God's called us to do, the roles that he's called us, the gifts that he's called us, and allow him to see extraordinary things accomplished through us. Joan of Arc changed the the movement in France. Harriet Tubman experienced, just because she was a slave, she didn't let that hold her down, but just because she was a slave woman, she went out and she did what God had asked her to do. Harriet Beecher Stowe, wrote a book that changed American culture. It changed everything about relationships between man and woman and African-American and white because someone wrote a book. Florence Nightingale created nursing. Dr. Elizabeth Blackwell was the first female doctor in the 1800s. Marie Curie, two Nobel Prizes for physics and x-rays. Helen Keller, blind, deaf, mute, everything against her, but she stood out and was obedient falling through. Lottie Moon, first woman missionary into China. Rosa Parks took a seat on a bus. Anne Frank, a teenager, told her story. Mother Teresa fed the hungry. Benazir Bhutto, the first woman president of a Muslim country, gave her life recently. And Malala Yousafzai, a teenager, who wanted to be able to read, was shot in the head because she wanted an education. 
today travels the world saying women are worth education. Listen, ladies, do not settle for less. Do not settle. Many a times as a student pastor and working with young adults, looking at young ladies and literally having to take them by the shoulders and look them in the eyes and say, you are worth everything. Do not settle. Look at my daughter every day. Do not settle. You are wonderfully and fearfully made. God knit you together in your mother's womb, and he has great and mighty plans for you. I don't know where you're at. I don't know your story, but you are an ordinary woman that has an extraordinary purpose in this life, even if it is just just being the mother to your children. There's nothing just about the call that God has on your life. Do not settle. Do not sell yourself short. Listen, the one thing that, that the non-truth that we hear in our culture is that Christians and Jesus downplayed women. If anything, if you're to do a true study of Scripture from the Old Testament to the end to the maps, if anything, God raised up women. He said, listen, I didn't make second-class citizens. I didn't make junk. I made helpmates. And so for you as women to quit buying into the magazine articles that you see that are airbrushed, that you've got to fit this mold. Listen, God has created you uniquely, and you are beautiful. Tell your wives, tell your daughters, tell your mothers, quit forcing them to buy crap. Do you hear me? We've got to change it here. It's our place. Ordinary women doing extraordinary things. Turn to Judges chapter 4. That wasn't even part of the message. (laughs) Judges chapter 4. We'll breeze through this. I've never been to a, uh, well, it's been a long time since I've been to Methodist church. I hear they get out early, that they preach faster than Baptists so they can beat us. So let's try to beat them today. It's Mother's Day, okay? (laughs) It's my present to you. Judges chapter 4, verse 1. Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. The Israelites were good at that. They had this cycle of doing well, messing up, repenting and coming back. It's the same cycle for us. It's this growth cycle of getting in a habit of saying yes to Jesus more and more. We're going to mess up. Now that Ehu was dead, the previous leader of Israel. So verse 2. So the Lord gave them over into the hands of Jabin, king of Canaan. This is their arch rivals who ruled and Hazar. Sisera, the commander of his army, was based in Harosheth. That was just outside of Lagrange. Because he had 900 chariots fitted with iron and had cruelly oppressed the Israelites for 20 years, they cried out to the Lord for help. In other words, they were not just being cruelly punished, but they had 900 chariots, and so there was no way that they could overcome their oppressors without God's help. They didn't have the resources, they didn't have the tools, they didn't have anything to overcome other than just themselves. And so they're saying, listen, God, other than an intervention from you, we will be enslaved. So it's a serious situation. Verse 4, now Deborah, 
just a prophet, just the wife of Lapidoth, was leading and, legging, leading and judging Israel at that time. In other words, she was kind of the prime minister. She was the one, whenever someone had an issue, they would come to her and they would meet her under the palm of Deborah and they would bring their issues before her and she was the leader and the judge and whatever she said was what happened. And so here it is, it's a time where the nation is struggling and here's a woman that has stepped up. She was just the wife, wife of Lapidoth. I don't know who Lapidoth is, but she had, he had the wife of Deborah and she was a woman, a strong woman that was wise and people looked to her and said, hey, listen, we've got issues, let's go talk to her. She'll help us solve them. So in verse 5, she held court under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. And the Israelites went up to have their disputes decided. Just a regular, ordinary woman that was respected among the people. She sent for Barak of, of Bodenium, which is just outside of Schulenburg, and Nephtali, and said to him, The Lord, the God of Israel, commands you, Go take 10,000 men of Naphtali and Zebulon and lead them up to Mount Tabor, and I will lead Sisera, the commander of the army, with his chariots and his troops to the river, and will give them into your hands. In other words, the president of the nation calls her commander-in-chief and says, hey, listen, I'm going to set up a secret meeting, and when I set up this secret meeting, I'm going to put them in such a way, position them in such a place that if you do what I'm telling you to do, I've kind of mapped this out, if you prepare yourselves, I'm going to put them down in a valley, and if you prepare your men in such a way, you're going to be able to charge them, and we're going to be be able to overcome them and overtake them and to win our freedom and to win victory. And so she kind of thought through this, prayed about it, had a vision and had an idea of, of how this can come because there's still, even though people want victory, even though people want freedom, we have the struggle of we look out and we say, hey, listen, but they've got 900 chariots of iron. It's not about you, but if you've been in that place where you're struggling and you need victory and you need freedom and you look out and you've got the, the symptoms and you look out and you go, hey, listen, but my addiction, my struggle, whatever is like 900 chariots. I don't know if I can overcome it. So you get to that place of crying out. And Deborah knew her nation, knew her people. People were coming to her. And all the symptoms of the struggles that they were coming to is that the people needed victory and they needed freedom from oppression. And so she had devised this plan. And here is Barak's answer. Barak said to her, If you go with me, I will go with you. Now that is lame. Here's this person saying, I'm I'm giving this to you on a silver platter. I'm laying this out before you. The victory is here. Here's the vision. You just got to do it. I mean, it's, it's like the risk board. It's there. It's all set up. You've got all the red people there, and there's a couple of blue people down there. Yeah, they got chariots, but you're going to, like, overwhelm them. They're drinking Dr. Peppers and having water burgers. They have no idea that you're coming. I'm setting them up. You can charge them. And he's going, I don't know. If you'll go with me. Listen, sometimes ladies, your men need you to run with them. For whatever reason, sometimes we've lost courage. We don't have the faith. We don't have the strength. We know what it takes. We know that we need victory. Because listen, do you think that the commander of the army of Israel 
wasn't sitting around at night saying, man, I want to be the one to bring victory to my people so that when I go through town, when I go through the nation of Israel, people are like, Barak, Barak, there goes Barak, the great commander that brought victory to Israel. Yes, he'd been dreaming about this day. But when rubber hit the road, whenever it became that opportunity of this is what's going to be happening, he says, I don't know if I have the faith, courage to do this. Deborah, will you go with me? Listen, in that moment, he needed a helpmate. He needed some faith courage to go do it. And Deborah says, yes, I'll go do it. But listen, you're not going to get the fame. You're not going to get the honor. It's going to fall to me. It's going to fall to the women of the nation. Certainly I'll go with you, said Deborah. But because of the course you're taking, the honor will not be yours. For the Lord will deliver Sisera into the hands of woman. So Deborah went with Barak, and there Barak summoned Zebulun and Naphtali, and 10,000 men went up into the command, and Deborah went with them. Having the courage and the vision, Deborah empowered him, empowered him to lead the people to victory. She had the courage, the faith courage, to send them to go. And so here they are, they're all gathered around, and then Deborah looked at Barak, all the Armies are gathered around, and they're on the top of the mountain, and the valley is down below. And she looked at Barak and said, go. Go. The gentle nudge that he needed. I'm sure it was probably a little bit more than a gentle nudge. Get your hiney down there, and let's go. Go. This is the day that the Lord has given Sisera into your hands. Has not the Lord gone ahead of you? So Barak went down the mountain. 10,000 men following him. At Barak's advance, the Lord routed Sisera into all of his chariots and army by the sword. And Sisera got down from his chariot and he fled on foot. And he went into a tent and he hid out. As a matter of fact, Sisera's own life was taken by a woman who invited him into the tent and he took a little nap and he took it up in the middle of his nap, took a permanent nap. If you ever want victory... If you ever want freedom from the stuff that's holding you back, you cannot help but sing out and dance in freedom when you win the victory. In this moment, they've been dreaming about it, and Barack and, and, and Deborah are there, and, and they're, they're going down, and all of a sudden this thing happens, and the armies win, and there's this great dance. If you look over and Chapter 5, verse 1, on that day, Deborah and Barak, son of Abnunan, sang this song. And they just kind of broke out. It's a whole chapter. They just broke out and they began singing and they began dancing and they began celebrating. Listen, if you've ever experienced what true freedom and what true victory is, you can't help but experience singing and dancing and freedom. And sometimes, guys... There's stuff that we're stuck with, that we're struggling with, and our women are telling us, and we need their faith courage to overcome it because we're afraid of what's going to happen in the victory. We're afraid of what it's going to cost us, and our women are going, go, go do it, go accomplish it. It's time for us, it's time for you to have freedom. Even though we're the, supposed to be the spiritual leaders of the household, sometimes we need our women to just push us and say, listen, I'm tired of what we're stuck in. Can you imagine Deborah day after day after day hearing the complaints of the people and finally saying, listen, enough. We need victory, not just in each home, but we need victory as a nation. 
for us as well. Each one of us in our homes. If we want victory in this nation, so many, I see your Facebook posts, your Instagram posts, and all this different stuff, and you, you cry out about a nation that no longer serves God. It starts in the home. Men and women, we have to have the courage, the faith courage, to say no when we need to say no to our children, when we need to to do the things that we need to do. We need to, to find the places where we can have courage and strength and begin to look like and act like and smell like and resemble what it means to have a husband and a wife and children that are pursuing and looking after Jesus. And sometimes, men, that may mean that our wives are going to have to be like Deborah and say, go. We need freedom and victory in our household. And a charge, full-out charge to win the victory. So as a family, you can dance and you can sing. One of the favorite songs in our household is Happy Pants. Have you all heard that song? Well, I've sang it before. I had to sing it this week a couple of times. Listen, sometimes you just got to get your happy pants on and you've got you've to fight through it. Because there's stuff in this world that's going to try to steal your victory, that's going to try to steal your freedom that, that you just kind of go back to time and time again because you don't know anything else. Listen, get your happy pants on. Fight the fight. If you're struggling and you don't know how you can win the victory, find someone that will fight with you. That is what biblical community looks like. Listen, this, even this week, I had several people say to me on different, different issues, that's between me and God. Yes and no. If you're doing true biblical community, it's between you and people you're doing life with and God. See, again, that's part of the pieces that we're missing as a church is that we don't know each other well enough to call each other out on some stuff that we need to call each other out on. In the name of Jesus, because I love you and you love me, not based on your opinion, but based on Scripture. Okay? So for us to fight the fight, to have freedom, to have victory. Ladies, God created us male and... Oh, man, we got to practice. Bible memory, Genesis 1.27 says, God created them male and... He created them in the image of, oh, yes, male and female, both created in the image of God. And he said, and it was good. That's right. He didn't say, hey, it needs work. It needs airbrush. No. Male and female, you were created equal together to accomplish great things. Ordinary people being obedient getting frustrated to the point of saying, God, I am tired of being held down. I'm going to move forward and do extraordinary things for you. Let's pray together. Father, all around this room are ordinary people. To our right, to our left, front, back. I know many times we look at everyone around us and we think, man, they're, they've got it better than me. Father, we don't really know their stories. Lord, I just pray that 
men and women in this room this morning would be challenged by the word male and female he created them in the image of God they were created that each one of us as male and female have equal right and opportunity to worship and to know Jesus Christ male and female have equal opportunity and right to serve and to love Jesus Father, each one of us are gifted different. You've created us unique. And each one of us in this room are a treasure. Father, I pray for those that are settling for yet less, that you would challenge their heart and you would give them the faith, courage that they need to step forward and to win victory. And to know that you are going to go before them to win. But Father, they may need someone to kind of give them a gentle push down the mountain to win in the valley. Father, may you be brought honor and glory this week through the victories, through those that have the faith courage to fight the fights that need to be fought, to win victory and freedom in our lives. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen.